listen, the whole thing was, you know, I wanted to do an album, one for my grandkids someday. Uh, that's why I didn't call it Laser Milf. And the other one... <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the name of the episode. Right. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> Hello, though, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Dinner at Your Place. This is starting normally because the off-mic conversation is not one to start the episode with. It is not. We'll get there, maybe. And if we don't, the most important thing to take away from this episode, don't watch porn at work. (laughs) With that out of the way... I wonder what that conversation was. (laughs) (laughs) With that out of the way, please welcome Kathy Ferris! Thank you for having me. I'm Thank so you. happy that you are here. Me too. Uh, Thank you for reaching out. That was, oh, of uh, course, because either way, whether we talk about that or not, you that comment was very... It struck a chord with me just when you posted in the Facebook about we need to have open dialogue, open conversation, mm-hmm. being honest, accountability summing it up it was so many of those words because that's sort of what i'm trying to do here is to just have yeah open dialogue open conversation and kind of pick the brains of people i respect people i like people i enjoy people i want to meet right so when you said that yes it's about a not awesome situation but at the core it still is like kathy is perfect as a guest for this podcast well thanks so and i when starting this, always, you know, was like the staples of Boston have to come on, you know, and you are one of the staples of Boston comedy. I mean, you asked when I moved here, it's 2016, Kathy Ferris was one of the names that people were like, she's a goat of the scene. Oh, that's very nice so of you to say. I'm super happy that yeah. you're here and I get to learn more about you because I know you from how we've described on the show before the like quick off stage conversations at shows Mm -hmm. and then i know you from like the material but we've never had like a sit down i know like chat so i'm really stoked to to get to to get to know you behind the you so to speak but what are we eating to start as as it gets a little cold from our (laughs) from our serious jump in we're eating skirt steak and potato salad or if you asked me when i was younger skirt steak and potato salad um this my dad. This is something that I remember. My dad would always cook. Uh, like it's a special occasion thing for us. Okay. Um, my younger sister. This was her birthday meal. Mm. So um, anytime I even smell it or I see it on a menu, it just brings me right back to my childhood. I had to do a quick bite just to make sure it was yeah. okay because, as I said, I respect you, <laughs> and as I talk with mouthful. I think it's a, uh, listen, we're solid. Yeah, my husband was like, stay, skirt steak, Kathy. I mean, it's like, it's tough. It's This is my, this is my childhood though. You know, when you, so, when you go up lower middle class and. Um, I think any steak though, honestly, is a lovely treat. Whether like it is a tough cut, whether it is the Rolls Royce filet mignon. Like, steak night is always, it's steak night. You're right. excited for it. 
And you don't know what the kid what well, cuts right? It. Right, you See, can totally. I'm, I'm not as accomplished at um, oh, in the kitchen as you are. Uh, that's not what I wanted you to say. <laughs> oh, sorry. Or on stage. <laughs> oh God, no, that is not. I. I'm not accomplished in the kitchen or on stage. I merely throw stuff at the wall and see what works. So that's a good tactic. It, so with the the skirt steak, I threw it in the skillet, and uh-huh. when I went to flip it, mm-hmm. there was surprise steak underneath. It had folded <laughs> over on itself, so it had like surprise steak. Is that like a technical term? <laughs> yes that that is what we that is what we call it in the kitchen. Okay, it is surprise steak. So. Right. It had this weird. It was like an extra steak. That was you know, that that little piece that oh, I had cut off and right. showed you. I was like, I can mm-hmm. cook this one more if you'd like, and uh, that was the one, the surprise steak. So, mm. lovely little, yes, tough tough meat, not great, but sometimes you get extra. <laughs> so this was your sister's birthday, though. This is my sister's birthday meal, because um, I have five sisters, and so when. You booked me for this. I called them and I said, well, you know, what do you guys think? And one was the macaroni and cheese and, mm. and ground beef and peas. Like, that was a thing. And then this was the second one for all of us. So so it's funny that this was your sister. Did you not start asking for this for your birthday then? If you all no, loved it I, so much? I, no. I, food was like, I ate like a bird. Like, <laughs> I, food was not important to me growing up. It just wasn't. You it was know. just sustenance for you? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I was just kind of like that. Seven cashews right. and a cranberry. Other than like the snack cakes. Like, you know, we talk about snack cakes. Um, that was, that really came about from Improv Boston and wanting to, we couldn't pay comics, but I could at least feed them. Right. That, isn't that, that's again, sort of another pillar of this podcast is like, yes, go. I know some podcasts book guests pay them for their time they do that, some not oh. not around here <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah that's like a perfect world and if i can't mm-hmm. do that i will catch up with a friend and pay you in food because well that's some, what it does right food connects you it truly does and also when you're starting out as a comedian you just basically get paid in food mm-hmm. that's yeah. your first couple of paychecks is like i got like a plate of fries once yes yeah. and how great did you feel though? Oh my god. You felt like royalty getting free food. I think the first the first year I got paid it was $37 and a plate of fries. And that was it and I felt like amazing. It's, amazing. It's the coolest thing though is that even if it is just 37 bucks and a plate of fries you're like I wrote stuff down in a notebook. Mm-hmm. Somebody paid me for those thoughts in that notebook that I said in front of people. This is crazy. These fries feel like gold. I think it's powerful to know that you can go into a room of strangers and make them involuntarily laugh. Yeah. Like that to me, that's the thing. And if I get fries with it, <laughs> that's great. Right? God, fries are so good. So, right. I mean, again, that is, that's so funny. That is a bird appetite though. The first thing that you've lit up <gasps> about right. other than this meal is fries and right. just pecking at them on the street. <laughs> right. I went to in and out I was in Vegas last week, and that's exactly it. Like, I had my fries and all these pigeons around me. <laughs> Are you at some point going to be a bird lady if you aren't now? 
I feel like that's yeah, a great yeah. Vibe I think you, you have Kathy. to. Like I, yeah, I'm dabbling right now. Like I notice that uh, a little bit more decor has birds. I I have earrings now that have birds, and so I feel like it's just slowly going in that. Have you direction. found a birding group yet? No, no, no. I'm not there. Like, I don't feed them. I don't know about seeds. I don't know what to call them. And I do not have binoculars. I don't have any of that yet. Ooh, I think binoculars. That's probably the... That's a the, gateway. It, yes, that's the word. I, it's definitely the gateway to watching, to the seeds. It's like, oh, right. just get a pair of binoculars and look right. at them from afar. And then I'm you're like, I need to be close. Definitely on that trajectory. I'm definitely there, but not yet. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not, you know. So if food was just food, it was just sustenance for you for the longest time, is it still that now or did it change at some point? And you're like, oh, this can be fun. Um, yeah, food is always secondary for me. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I eat the same things every, like most days. Um I think for me, it is snacks and wine are more, I guess that's food, but like if you're talking about the basics, you know, your three square meals a day, no, that's not a big deal to me, Um, but it's the other stuff. The stuff that comes with the food. Well, I don't really like to take up all my calories in food. I'd rather save them for wine. For drinking them? Yeah, no, and that's the truth. I mean... My buddy, I mean, that's my buddy in college when we were, you know, going out to dinner and didn't have a lot of money. He would say, just spend more of your money on beer. Drink your dinner. Oh, and I would say, you're right, Jared. mm, That is smart of you. (laughs) That is smart of him. But here's the thing that about me. I'm really frugal. I do not like to pay the prices, the you know, the retail Mm. markup for wine or something like I would rather get the bottle and hang out and your place get the bottle for 12 instead of a glass i have my own thermos (laughs) really like i have i was i was in vegas last week and um i uh and my husband had to do a business dinner so i'm like i'm just gonna walk around and he's like we'll go to a bar or something uh and i went to a few of them and the prices were so Hi, that I end up going to a cheesecake factory and I got a nine ounce there and like, do you want this to go? And I'm like, I'm going to live here. Like, this is amazing. Wait, you can take liquor to go? Yeah, you can walk around with yeah, it. I thought Vegas, that was only in New Orleans. Nope. In Vegas, you can do that. They what? give you like a little sippy cup thing and, uh, and I called course, Ellen and yeah. I'm like, Ellen, I just came from the cheesecake factory. She's like, wait, wait, you're in Vegas and you're at the Cheesecake Factory? And I said, yes, because a nine ounce is $15, okay? Versus what? Was it like 30 somewhere else? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. When I went to, um, we went to like Lisa Vanderpump, I'm a big Bravo person um, there. That was like $24, $28 easy. And it was not, like that Chardonnay did not go down well, you know? But I still drink it. It's- what make is it just like the crispiness of it? No, um, honestly, I can drink a, like like I was really into boxed wines for a long time. I just came out of that. Um, <laughs> I know there there's some, there's there's some good like boxed it, wines. I believe, no, I just love that you phrased it like no. it was a coma. You're like, I just came out of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I, I was I, a I've got a lot of catching thing. up to do. <laughs> it was a pandemic thing, and not all some, um, but no, it has to be recently priced. That was something that. Bad sentence I miss about the pandemic was that a lot of places opened up 
uh, to-go drinks. I remember being in New York City, visiting oh. a friend, and he was like, oh, we can grab slushies. They have, this place has really good margarita slushies. We can grab them here and then go over here for dinner. And I was like, that's illegal. We can't run out <laughs> of the restaurant. And he's like, not during COVID. Right. So that, Too much fun, it's illegal. It, it, it was a wild, wild west mm-hmm. during that time of yeah. just like, you're supporting our business? Sure, do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah, I just have a hard time spending money on certain things. Absolutely. And that is one of them, the markup of, of wine, like when I know what something costs. Or if somebody will bring over um, a bottle of wine and they'll say, oh, you know, and maybe it's like, I mean, to me, I will spend at most 12 to $15 because you can find a good bottle of wine. Like the one I brought tonight. Well, thank you, which right, What? Reasonably priced, nine dollars at BJ's, um, but it was like I said, done by. Um, they bought all the juice, all the wine from other top shelf things, and they rebottled it as their own. They bought it and they relabeled it. Like I love that. I love chasing that. But if somebody brought like a forty-five dollar bottle of wine, I will know how much that glass is and each sip, and I cannot enjoy that. <laughs> Like, I just can't. I just know that. Do you think this has come from one of your sisters owning a winery? Or has this always been the case? Always been the case. I mean, if we want to... Actually, like, let's bring it back to Scorsese. It's just my upbringing. Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, I I don't put a lot of value on money in in terms of, like, that I need a ton of it. Although I'd like a ton of it. Of course. Um, But um, there are things that I could do without. Like, if I... I'm okay with budgeting. So I was going to say the value of the money is finding the deal for you. It seems like right. Seems like that's, that's what I enjoy. The, yeah, right? exactly. Because you can't, especially with wines, you definitely can do that. Especially if you know the grapes that you like and all that. But wine is something that you pay like a big pr- up upsell for, right? Just because if it's a label, there's a whole from psychology yeah. with it, right? The label, where it's from, the right. gra- the whole thing. I mean, I feel like. Have, yeah, perfect. Have you ever done like a nine dollar versus the forty five dollar bottle taste mm-hmm. test side by side, yeah. and you can totally tell? And you're like, this is absolutely absurd that they're right. Wow, man, that palette right. is impressive. And you don't care about food. That's so funny. <laughs> I know, I know. I just you have don't. a superpower that's just geared towards wine, snacks, and wine. Right, <laughs> right. So yeah. Snack. The, now that you said snacks again, the snack cake. Yeah. A specific one or just uh, like a zebra cake? Zebra cakes are okay. I think I that's their middle, middle range. Like if if you said like what's your top tier like what what do I get for my birthday? I get Enterman's um, cupcakes. Oh my god, I thought you were gonna say Enterman's crumb cake because that's what I would get for my birthday. I could see that. Like uh, that's coffee Enterman's now, coffee cake, yeah. Um I did an interview, um, a couple of months ago, and I had said this, and Enterman sent me this huge box um, of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll send you a picture of it. It's like it was this big, and it had one of their birthday cakes, which is amazing, then donuts, and then something else. I forget what it was. And then you open that, and there's like this book 
about book? the guy <gasps> Enterman. But like it was I felt like an influencer. Oh my god, that's incredible. Entermans, if you're listening, please, I would love one. Right, right. We'll tag them. Like, oh, we'll smart. send this to them. I'll just put in yeah. all caps because in, in you the description the of the podcast. Right. Crumb cake at their birthday cake. Um I mine mean, is the mine are, are their just you know how hostess has theirs? They don't compare to Entermans ones. Nothing and Kathy, I have been Every year for my birthday, my mother would say, what do you want for your birthday cake? And I would say, please, I would like an Entenmann's crumb cake. That is all I want. They know how to do it. What was procured for me. And I, this past birthday, uh, it was going to be procured for me by a special someone. And they had said, like, don't worry about it. Your mom texted me. I am on it. I know uh-huh. how important this is to you. And then I almost had a little kid freak out when they couldn't find the Entenmann's crumb cake. And they were like, I, I, w- I could have driven to Quincy, but then we wouldn't have been able to hang out on your birthday. I, I'm so sorry. And I was just sitting there like a kid, like, if there's no crumb cake, what's the point of a birthday? First of all, <laughs> the, people need to know, the people need to know that, like, my daughter does that. She starts two weeks beforehand. You know what I mean? Because there's an expiration date. People think these don't have expiration dates. Even Twinkies have expiration dates. That's a myth. Um, is it and really? you, yeah, you can't just walk in to like a Roach Brothers or a Shaw's. Like, they're not going to always have every Entermans thing. They're not. You've got to plan it out. That's where the thoughtfulness comes, right? And that's, I think, what we learned this year. Believe this is this. I care for this person deeply. This is not going to be the the nail in the coffin of like, well, there wasn't any intimates. That would. But it's be. always going to be that second thought, though, right? <laughs> That'd be so funny if I just held this over their head for the rest of the rest of eternity. No, just like that that little grudge on the side, being like, I like them, but but then you could use that, you know, is that? Sure, know? it is my girlfriend okay so all right right. an actual grudge i feel like would be i could use it as like a teasing grudge Mm. that would be fun but the no you wait for them to really screw up and then you'd be like you know what i should have seen this coming (laughs) because remember in 2022 (laughs) i was trying to have my birthday thing the that's di- how I would use it. The diabolical. Oh, is that yeah, what kind? Mm-hmm. Is that what kind of partner you are, Kathy? Mm-hmm. You hold your cards close and then you <laughs> explode three years later. I've been a part. I've been a, all sorts of partner. Oh my god! Well, good transition because now you had huge family growing up. Your mom now. How many mm-hmm. do you have as big a family? No, I have two girls. Two girls. So I grew up with six girls. Like, there were six girls. You guys just produced girls. I had two girls. And um, I've been married for 30, maybe 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, met him at a keg party and locked it down. An Entenmann's keg party? No, <laughs> a keg party. Okay, oh, keg party. You know, I thought you said cake, cake party. party. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, I don't take snacks that here. Honestly, I'm more intrigued by a cake party. Me too. That seems Me too. Like, Sounds more romantic. It does. Yeah. It's a little like, boop, on the yep. nose. <laughs> yep, yep. Was he I, doing a keg stand and you were like, that's my guy? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just a lame off-campus keg party at Babson College. So, wow. yeah. So yeah. you said you were a, a lot of different kinds of partners, and I imagine in 31 years you also are a lot of different kinds of partner, even with one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
It's a lot of work. I think that's where I was trying to find the words for it is like, how how do you still want to do the work after 31 years? That's a really blunt yeah. question. But yeah. 31 years is a long time. It's, it's a roller co- it's, it is a roller coaster. Like you definitely get into these valleys. Yeah. Um, but I think like, you know, after, you know, after you've been in these valleys a couple of times, when I say a couple, like maybe 14, 21 times, right? Like you're in this, like being like, this sucks. Like, I don't, you know, you're up at 2 a.m. looking at the real estate, you know, being like, what kind of apartment could I get, right? Like, you always have a plan B, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, that you figure out, oh, wait, we've been here. I wonder how mm. we're going to get out of this one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and and when our girls, I have two girls, um, Jesse is 24, Kendra is... Um, 27 um when they left like we literally looked at each other and we're like what do you want to do like do you want to stay in this because i would wow. like to stay in this and my husband was like yeah but i think he was like a little hesitant for like huh just because when you've been together that long i got married at 23 i had kids at 27 23 my yeah so we were really young yeah. and so I never understood when people like, oh, you know, it's been 25 years and now they're not together anymore. Now I completely understand that because now you've grown up. Now you don't have this shared task, right? Or thing. Which is exactly what it is. Um, It is a task of keeping this human But when we were like, you know what? Like, I actually do want to stay in this. Um, That does change things. That's got to be a really cool moment, almost Mm -hmm. like a vow renewal. Where you have this come to Jesus conversation of, we don't need to be in this anymore. Right. Do we want to be in this? And both of you are able to look at the other one and say, yeah. Right. And I'm who I am. You're who you are. I'm not here to change you, so don't mm. change me. Yeah, and like, let's just be good with that. One thing I think I'm I'm good at is I pick my battles. Like I, you know, a lot of, like a lot of things do not bother me. So if something does, then it gets attention. You know what I mean? Do you? Th- so do you think that not picking your battles, if something does bother you, how do you not see? not expressing it as being a pushover or bottling it up. How do you pivot to this positive way to look at it as well, this is not say, worth the time? Well, that's not to say that I don't have ones. What, what it means is that like, I don't care about the color of the uh, curtains. My husband does. He, he's a, he likes okay. that kind of stuff. Like I, the, some of these things don't, I don't really have a thing with, you know? Um, but I do have opinions about snack cakes. <laughs> snack cakes, right? Uh, or I don't know. Mainly, probably about the kids. You know what I mean? Or what we're doing for the holiday, mm. that kind of stuff. So I think I'm heard more because it's not getting garbled and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? It's almost as if I don't want to be a nag either. I hear myself. <laughs> no, I mean it. Like I do. You know? It's almost though when. You do pick the battles, you know, so to speak, or speak up about something that you want or is bothering you. It hits harder because you don't put up a fight right. about, about the curtains. Right. And he's like, oh, again with this? It's right. like, oh, no, this one matters. Well, I think, too, like when I, I started doing comedy at 44, right? So my kids were in high school 
just getting into college. And um, so a couple of years, like I just took classes mm-hmm. and then I decided, oh, I'm going to start going to open mics and try to get booked on stuff. And back then in like 2014, 15, even 16, you remember, there wasn't a lot around. There, we didn't have the kind of free bar shows that we have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday now. You know, like we didn't yeah. have that. We only had certain things. Yeah. Um, and I remember Jeff saying, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I just want to see where this goes. Like, mm. I never really had a plan. And then after I got comic in resident, like, that was awesome and lovely and, and, and all that, but also hard on my marriage that month. And About six or seven you know, nights. And so I remember having a conversation being like, listen, um, I, you can ask me to stop doing this, and I would stop doing it. Really? Um, but I would resent that. Oh, okay. There. I would okay. do it because you asked, but I would resent. I would resent it as well because I really like doing it. And we just had to come to this thing of, well, how often are you doing it? And so I had to get very strategic about what it, it actually helped my comedy because I had to get very strategic about mm. where am I doing it, what am I doing, but also very honest about. And for me too, being like, wow, I really do like doing this. That's you know? so big of you, though, to find something you love at 44, mm-hmm. which, A, finding something you love and are passionate about is a hard thing to do in general, regardless of your age. Yeah. But to do it at 44 as a woman joining stand-up, which is typically a young guy's thing, to say you would give it up despite loving it even though you'd resent it, but you'd still do it. That's really unselfish. Well, I mean, because my priorities are like, I did want to stay married. I like my <laughs> husband and my family. Um, and I always wanted to do comedy, you know, like I took a class when I was 23 and why I didn't it stick like, not to jump in, but hmm? why didn't it stick at 23? Um, I, then? Uh, I took it and I thought, well, there we go. Right, oh, hmm. and then then shortly after, I started my family. I was gonna, I, and so for brain, nineteen years, you know. I was like, I'm gonna go back to this. I'm gonna go back to this. Mm-hmm. Not really knowing what this was yet, but I always knew I wanted to do it. I just didn't know how to do it, and I don't know why at 44, it just you know, I took a class and I talked to Jeff about. it. He's like, well, Tuesdays work, and he instead of him being like, what are you crazy? <laughs> He said Tuesdays worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as it's it's hard to be the as you know your girlfriend probably sees it. It's hard to be the other person with a comic. She is fully on board, which is great. She met me through stand up. She came up to me after a show. Oh, see, that's good. And so she from the start we've had a ton of conversations about this is what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm gonna be out a ton of nights consistently all the time you can come hang if you want. And now it's gotten to the point where I tell her, please don't come to this one. Like I'm doing new stuff or it's a bad show or whatever. She's still really cool and on board with like, can I come to the show? And it's like, Oh, not this one. (laughs) See, that's great. Like that's, I think important. Yeah. I really, really appreciate that. Um, because my, I've had past relationships and where it was the same thing of, Oh, you did that last night, though. Right. Why are you doing it again tonight? It's like, no, yeah. you have to do it every night to get better at it and mm-hmm. to progress. And to also, though, at, 
its core, there's people who want to laugh tonight. I want to go make those people laugh. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes me tick. And if you can't see that, then this is just an impasse. Because I've never thought that there would be a person in this world who would make me want to quit stand-up for. Mm -hmm. And just the fact that hearing you were like, no, it's possible. You can fall in love. Like, there, you can stay... like. You can work out compromises like that. That just blows my mind. That well, you went into yours knowing she she knows who you are. She know you know doing. I didn't go in like that. That's true. That is a big change. I grew. I'm a very different person than I was when I was 43. Even my kids see that, Mm -hmm. and that was really beneficial to my girls to see. Like, wait a minute. You know, I started doing something that I loved doing. That I started to get kind of good at not kind um really good and that then having my family proud of me and respect that i was doing it that has come a long way like you know jeff is nothing but supportive i know we were talking at the beginning where you know we were initial investors in the studio jeff did that because to keep something iconic uh, going in the community I'm very grateful to the community that they the way they accepted me and that I felt I felt accepted I felt you know all of those things and I try to give that back because I think that's how a community runs right uh, in theory <laughs> in theory yeah. it runs on well it does, it does anyway I mean if you look like at the Kendall Landsbergs and the Angela Sawyers and the Rob Creens and the Rob Pulleys and all of these people that do all of these shows John Tobin's like they have all of this opportunity for us it doesn't run by itself true uh, abs- no it I'm missing a ton of people when I say right. all that I think what's interesting too about the people who do put stage time on is if they don't want it themselves. Like, Pooley used to do stand-up, mm-hmm. and now he just produces shows. And he was a very good comic. He mm-hmm. was funny. He right. was affable. He was likable. Shows. Right. He pr- and now he just kind of produces shows. And I would love to sit down with him, even just for five seconds, and be like, hey, why did you stop? Just out you of should here. have him on. Have you I've tried. He's a ghost. He's impossible to get a hold of. Even in the rooms oh. that he produces, he shows up to mm-hmm. occasionally for a little bit just to check he's like yeah. a mob boss yeah he's like, lovely though he's the oh he's the best person. but like if you know if he's there it's like the mm. don showed up it's like yeah, it's yeah. a very it's a yeah. good night when the don is there right so right. you know he, he's just things he he produces great shows they run on his own because mm-hmm. he gets the right people to produce right. with him right so i you know why go to those rooms if you don't need to go if you're not doing time if you're it's an, that's it, true. You know, it's a passive passive stream of income. Isn't that's that what true. we're all going after? Right, right. Yeah. But that's the thing that intrigues me most is like, oh, you're producing stage time, but you don't do it yourself. I'm just curious then what's the, what's that the brain makeup like i don't know do you just get to look like a proud parent of like yes i i've put this on <laughs> and it's the most thankless job that's so thankless thankless job like i at times in the last 10 years like for boston comedy chicks women comedy festival a studio i was producing like three or five shows a week and it was grueling you know grueling that open mic host too is a really it's why owen linders was a hero for running wonder bar from 6 p.m to 
question mark and that that type of open mic too where it was like they encouraged um mm-hmm. new material first of all he's just an like a lovely delightful person anyway that's all his words right um but what a great host yeah. too to me i think he's one of like the top 10 hosts got, yeah. in boston because um he there, it's a hard thing to do it's a different animal it really and is. he just took to it yeah oh, i mean he kept his energy up for six hours straight, which is insane. I cannot Crazy. believe. Crazy. The Speaking of running a show being thankless, there was a really wonderful memory I have, though. That's not sarcasm. This is truly a nice memory of, as I was telling you, Zone 3, that mm-hmm. show down the street, coming back. Um, there was a guy who was coming to every week, the show, hanging out, just wanted to support. And... It's a really cool show where you buy the ticket and then we give you drink tickets for free. Oh. You get like three drink tickets with your purchase. We can't advertise that, which sucks. So it kind of becomes like a little clubhouse, kind of like Pirate Islandy vibes, all that. I love it. And every week, this one dude would come up to me and he would say, hey, can I buy more drink tickets? And I would say, that's really nice of you. No, I'm just going to give them to you. I don't. (laughs) I don't. Like, you've already bought the ticket. You're here laughing. This is really cheap beer. I'm not going to take more of your money just because you want another beer or two. Like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. So the last series, he comes up to me and he hands me, like, like I think it was a $20 bill. Could have been more, but he just hands me some cash and goes, this is for all of the times you wouldn't take my money. Please take this. I love coming to this show. This is such a good time. And then just walked away. I love that. Right? That one, I stuck it in the bartender's tip. I was like, we don't need that. Yeah. But I was like, this was perfect. Like, you are a repeat customer. You just are supporting the scene. Right. And that's who you want there, exactly. right? Exactly. Right. The, they're not a comic. They're actually there. They're, they're just they're, a fan. He, yeah. Not like he was trying to be, you know, the guy in the crowd who gets in the reel of like, oh, are you crazy, bitch? What are you talking about? You know, like heckling. Or, he just was right. sitting quietly laughing when he was supposed to laugh, came up, gave more money. Like, so yes, it's a thankless job. So when a thousand shows go by and you're like, God damn it. This was so much work. Mm-hmm. One hopefully will pop up where right. someone is like, here's $20. Right. You rock. Thank you. And you always know the comics that have produced shows before. Cause oh, yeah. they, co- they come into a show in a very different way. You know, it's usually on time, <laughs> on time. Right. Like that. They're not hopping to four other shows. They're not the, you know, that all of the stuff, like I get that. I'd listen. I get, it, I respect it. But as a, uh, producer it's like can you even just for a minute think right. <laughs> right. i'm not producing anything right now so i can like it's and it's nice that's yeah I, that's why i like that zone is bi-seasonal because i get yeah. the break of you need a break uh you, you know need a break and yeah. it's funny too it the way that it shakes out sometimes is that it just starts leaking into the scene that I'm booking zone as we're ending. So on like the ninth show of the run, I get a ton of messages of like, Hey, can I do the show? I'm like, Oh, sorry. Uh, We're done. I'll let you know in the future. I think it would be such a great study just on a different note about that. After producing shows, what I found too, is that how people ask for spots and the gender difference between 
how people ask for spots, you know, um, that, and I used to do this too, as a woman, I'd be like, hi, um, I've gone to your show, congratulations on your show, and this is great, and I would love to be considered for one of your shows, and, you Big, know, long, yep. and it would be this back and forth, where I tell people now, oh, and then I'd get ones from, um, a man like this, right. as I pull up my phone, hang on, oh, fuck. <laughs> Did I delete it because it was so rude? Oh, mine are like, yo, you know me. <laughs> Here are my avails. Tell me when I can come on. You know what I mean? Hey, what's up? It's mm. me. That's literally, I don't even know this human being. And it came into the request folder of my Instagram. And it was literally just a list of dates. Yes. I had, it was no hello, no how are you, no my name is this, I'm mm-hmm. from this city, here's a tape, whatever. Literally just, hey, here's my avails for the next few months. I couldn't even, uh, like, right. where the fuck are you from? Or Who somebody will send you? me their schedule and then I'm supposed to look at their schedule to be like, when are they available? <laughs> where it's like, if you were just like, hi, um... This is my name. I don't know if you. I don't know if you know me, but here's my link, and here's when I'm available. You know, wh- whoever you are, like I mean, unless I, like I, I know I like I know you know you like like let's just, just say general... four different emails. That's it. <laughs> but I, I learned from that because I used to do that too, being like I like you to consider me. It's like, listen, as long as you're okay with hearing. I never said no. I always said not yet. Mm. Like, because people would be like, I haven't heard back. Especially at the studio, there'd be so many. Yeah, I mean. So many. Um, and they would be like, I, I used to do the studio all the time. Yeah, but when we were at Vera's, we only had weekends. Mm. And we lost 144 spots. You know, because we didn't have Sundays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays anymore. And Thursdays. Like, Thursdays a little bit, but we're charging $20. Yeah. So... It really got tough, but I never said no to people. Like I, I literally would would keep all these. And sometimes when I was out at a show, my favorite part was like I'd see somebody. I'm like, oh my god, wow! They really, you know, when people just step it up. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they would get this email from the studio, being like, hey, um, what about this date? And like, where did that come from? The surprise. It's because it's always a not. It was always a not yet, and always always open to the fact like you just don't know when somebody's gonna like level up put it together a little bit yeah so i I can cut this too and we can move to something else but i'm genuinely curious for my own sake because you did say the studio and then we in the same sentence so do you still think of the studio Um, like as you like a connection of you even though that's a good question you don't want to be involved anymore i guess I guess I do in a way, you know, as I said, um, we were initial investors. Yeah. My husband was. Um, so we had that. And then I was the director of operations for about a year or so. And yeah, you were very school. involved. Yeah. I, I At the end, I was running the school and producing the four or five shows um, before I left. And... I, I don't know. I Again, I guess it's the same thing of like the, it's not a no, it's a not yet. Um, and we talked a little bit about this at the beginning, which kind of spurred on, you know, you sending me um, a message after 
the wildfire right of... uh, i posted twice on boston comedians bar <laughs> yeah. two and um the second one gosh i got a lot of <laughs> i got yeah got a lot of again, messages it's it was an open secret of the club owner watched pornography during a show mm-hmm. and it sounds absurd that it was a multiple times b happened in general but it was so absurd that people kind of just ran with it it seems like and like oh this is a rumor it was a bit and no <laughs> yeah what i was um well the reason that i posted it was posted at all about it at this time and not when it was you know first discussed was that i f- felt like it was getting swept under the rug with a lot of quirky jokes and stuff normalizing something but what i was surprised at was how many people were still kind of holding on to questions and like well what really did happen and what is going to happen and i'm not really sure um and that's the piece that you know i was more concerned with um i don't i'm not into public shaming um at, at all i don't think that that ever works yeah um I I am into accountability, but you know, um, there's a thick line between public shaming and accountability, right? But also, it's not uh, you know I'm at my I'm at an age where it's like I'm not here to teach anybody lessons. True, like, I'm here to live my life. But but where your, your I kids am, are grown, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you taught the lessons. But where I am, where I was, is that. Um, as a community, you know, like um, people feeling safe and feeling, you know, um, comfortable. I mean, we're creative people, so that that's what what we have. Um, I'm kind of skirting around this thing, so let me say it. The way that's okay. I was going to jump in and just say it's also on us because we don't have an HR, mm-hmm. which I think is I I joke about that with Ryan Ellington all the time, where like whenever we see an unstable social media post or just like a fight between two it's like com- we we need an hr it's, you know somehow some way but we don't have that so it's on us to just be as good of people as we can and have accountability policing one another you know right we need safeguards we definitely need safeguards and uh what i learned more so in the pandemic than even before, because when I came in, I didn't have the issues that other um, comics had, especially women, young women coming into the scene. I didn't have any of that. I was 44, um, and and I just didn't have it. And to be quite honest, I really didn't understand it until around the pandemic when some of these things would happen online. So I teach classes, which mm-hmm. I love doing. I, I just love opening the door to the community, to other people, being like, I think I want to do this. Great, come on in. Room for everybody. Room, yeah. Like, I never came in being like, I'm going to be the best, and I'm going to be number one. All I came in, and, and, it's just, and I still feel this way, uh, I just want to make room for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm working to be, like, I'm only in competition with myself. Like, I, I just want room for me. That's it. And I'm going to cheer you on and, and all it's that. It's a really Why? positive outlook. Yeah, thank you. I just uh, want to make room for me. 
but that's something that like some of the kindest people I met are in this community, like a uh, Rob Crean, mm-hmm. um, Kelly McFarland, uh, Gary Peterson, like people like that. That like that I that's what we're trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for women, like they would come into the class, they would get their three to five minutes together. They'd be so jazzed about this. And I get that. And so they're there and they do their showcase, cloud nine. They start going to open mics. And then I hear from them being like, I started going to this open mic and, you know, um, somebody like wanted to workshop with me, but they really didn't want to workshop with me. They actually wanted to like get together with me and now I don't know what to do because I can't go back to that open mic I actually think him or his friend um, they run a show and so like I don't know what to do now and we lose so many people that way we lose so many people this way or they have to go into different places it's like you know they have to well change open mic or uh, hey let's write together aka will you fucking blow me like yes I, I didn't realize I did not realize that until I started teaching and then I started getting other women and I will get messages from somebody being like sorry to bother you but can I just talk to you about this thing and I already know what they're gonna say sometimes know who they're talking about like at the end of class i will tell women like um nobody has power here okay <laughs> if especially if they're on an open mic and they're a regular open mic no power no power even and if they book a show no power no power. Not power but but do you see it from their perspective oh, abso- oh absolutely that? so this is what so no i i i'm saying i'm i'm coming at it from oh, no, your no, no, perspective because no, right, i right, see because right. you know i didn't see it when I, you see it as a young comic male female whatever it's people right. who book the shows it's it's a perceived power they're older right. than you they're in the scene longer right. it takes a someone who's been in around the game longer like yourself to be like this is all bullshit there's no fucking power here right. don't let this 26 year old guy try and get in your pants because he's gonna book you on a bar show for eight Ex- minutes exactly okay exactly. that's not right <laughs> and even some well-intentioned i think that there are some well-intentioned comedians that feel like we're at an open mic and i feel this connection with you and so i'm gonna do this what happens is that well-intentioned or not they're here to do this and so can they reject you can they say no can they pass and feel comfortable coming back next week to do things no right so I mean hope they should because again can they theory can they and should they is different exactly exactly Exactly. can they exactly it's it's a again it's a again a really thick line yeah right so to me this is very important to me sorry something's wrong Um, but I was just gonna say they should feel like from the guy's perspective of like you're you can be rejected and that's okay yeah that's not right, a bad thing right. and i'm not saying that that hasn't happened before and, and things don't yeah. work out but this is a very typical thing that that happens oh, abs- yeah so when when this post happened as well this is what's in my head about the community and feeling you know safe and like uh, that I, I don't think that we should be public shaming. I don't think apologies need to be made. I don't think any of that. But I do think that figuring out how can we feel safe, like what is it, what is our responsibility, and what is in our control to be doing about these kinds of things, um, and and I'm open to figuring that out too. I think the 
so I forget who, maybe it was, it could have even been you, but someone had posted, uh, you know, easy things you can do of like, Hey, do you want me to walk you to your car after a show, you know, and being mm-hmm. genuine about it and not trying to have, it like, wasn't an me. There's a motive. few people that put things on there that I thought were terrific. And that's the dialogue yeah. that we want to start. Like, so, sure. Things digressed into other things as well, which I don't like either. Gosh, I feel like in, Comedians sometimes forget that slander is a real thing. You know what I, mean? like, I, I honestly think I'm like, does, you know, you can't just say something and not back it up, right? Or throw something like, else oh, into kidding. this thing, right? Or throw something into this thing when it's like, let's have this discussion. I think a few people were doing a great job of like, then you know, the other thing is that we do have a little bit of control of like, where am I going to perform? where am I going to perform where am I not going to perform there are places that I have never performed at and some of that is for a reason but I don't for me the way I operate I don't make that public I just, or tell say like oh, I'm not doing it for this reason I just don't book myself there I just don't send a veils there because you don't want to make the space for you there there's other places where you can make the space for you and you can right. you can say no to shows right. it's, you don't right. have to say yes or maybe to everything. I don't get four shows that week maybe yeah. I just get two yeah it's and fine. whether that's because of a personal decision or not like it, it's okay it is a personal decision like that's that's the thing you know because you know people always it's interesting how stage time oversees so much stuff um and i think sometimes we think that because like i'm a real comic then if i'm hustling and stage time is my most important thing <laughs> is it you know like <laughs> and, and this isn't to this isn't to directly is to it? like the studio or whatever it's a, it just in general like yeah. is it it isn't like that's yeah. So in your control, who you send your veils to, who you say yes to, what you're doing. Um, that being said, I don't I don't think things are a lost cause. I, I do hope that I do think that we could be doing more. Um, and I was excited. I really loved doing the work that I did at the studio. Um, and I do not want to talk about why I'm not there anymore. Yeah. But I did. I did love it. And I did appreciate the fact of people feeling like, you know, I'm glad you're here. And like that, I, I feel like this is something, you know, that they felt more connected to it as well. I will ask this, and I don't mean this in a petty way or trying to step on previous people who worked there's toes. You're not producing shows now. We talked about how much of a pain in the ass that is. Mm you could theoretically be the studio though you could not you could just take over the mantle you personally with no problematic past have a room a club and you know what goes into it is that something that you'd see yourself doing at some point in the future if you were already an investor of this past club how jeff was but Well, I'm a small investor. I'm a, like um, my my part is is really small in terms of my investment now. Sure. Um, so no, I couldn't. I couldn't like, <laughs> especially based on the fact that there are some major investors in this now. Um, that no, that that 
I couldn't go in and be like, this is my club. I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean like Where's my headshot? <laughs> yeah, like, you, like yeah. it's a salute. Friends and friends you, is coming back. Yeah, um, pop a beer bottle down on the bar. Yeah. And like, this is mine now. Um, I just mean yeah. that I feel like people, comics and fans of comedy would feel comfortable and want to go to a Kathy Ferris comedy club. Oh, you're sweet. Um, it's always in the back. Like, I learned a ton. And, and my family had fun doing it too because like I wasn't just the director of operations my daughter was the one who redid all the branding she did the website she did the logo she did all that family Um, affair my husband worked the door sometimes when we needed it um and and other things behind the scenes in terms of like helping with um tracking and data and stuff like that we just we're just really kind of excited about it um so it's a never say never kind of thing, and they do have new people in there who I'm hoping they are who they say they are, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so a, a new leaf is being turned over. Yeah, okay. right, right. Like trust with verification, Yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and, you know, uh, we, we talked a little bit about, like, after I did that post, um you know, uh, a major investor did reach out to, to me and to Alan Sugarman and we had a really good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also, constructive. It wasn't negative. It wasn't any of that, you know? Yeah. It's wonderful to hear that they are on board with the new vision that you have spoken about of, well, we'll see. I hope yeah. so. Right. Like I, you know, I, I do think that like safeguards, like things need to be there or even just taking into account the community and where they're at right now with it. And that like, you know, you need to address something. Yeah. It doesn't need to be, be I don't think there needs to be an apology. Personally, I don't think there needs to be apology. I don't think there needs to be public shaming. I don't think, or, or accountability on that side. But what I do think would be great for it is, um, here's what we're doing now, Mm. you know? Um, Here's how we're creating this environment that's safe and creative and you're excited about it. It's a legacy, it's iconic and all this wonderful stuff. I just think unfortunately, because it was only a one person thing. So to create that safe space and safe environment, I think they would just say like, hey, we didn't do that. The person who did is gone. I hope it's a new day. Right, right. I hope. Well, he's not gone. That's what. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. I feel like that right. would be, which is crazy, but I feel like that would be the thing that would, yeah, make people want to go back there. I don't people know. People will still right. go back there, of course. I, right. I guess I'm. I'm a realist about this. Like, I don't. I'm not saying. Oh, like he should be gone. Um, and I even said this to them. Like, I think it would be a bad decision for you to come in, invest this, and not have him part of it. I mean, if, um, not to cut you off, but if you get caught, like, that that's a fireable offense in any other workplace. Yeah, right. So, like... No, I, I, right. I, it's so convoluted, because, like, we're just so interesting. Um, and there's so much other stuff I cannot talk right, about. Right, of course. Um, I also think what's crazy, too, sidebar... You can just join Boston Comedians Part 2 on Facebook. <laughs> right. There's people in that scene, in that group, who are not part of the scene, 
who don't even do comedy, who are living you know across the country. Joined, like joined it after the post. Exactly. Too, it's it's like, crazy. Uh, it is absurd that there's, right. there's no safeguard on that whatsoever. And I hope once you hear this, you go, oh, I'm going to go join Boston Comedians Part 2 on Facebook and see right. what the fuck's I going mean, on. listen, it is a, we've all enjoyed a Wednesday where we're just reading a thread, right? Of course, come <laughs> Not on. Not commenting um, But, yeah, that, um, commenting on that and then seeing the people that had joined it is interesting. Um, my, my favorite was somebody posted, I'm not in this scene, but seeing all of this makes Boston look really bad. Right, and I, I saw that I was too. like, what the fuck are you even commenting that? I know, then? I know. And Just get your thing. popcorn and enjoy the show. Right. But that, but that's where, that's what gets me. Cause like, I do want a scene where it's like, you know, like I always think of our scene as I want people to be like, oh, you like in Boston, they produce some of the best comedians, right? I mean, they, they say this now, but do, like, though. We do, and we have a lot of stage time, and that's why people come here. Yeah. But like, but like, why aren't we just bringing this up and not like, why aren't we just, why are we working on our craft more? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, why aren't we doing this? Why, why, and working on a community that we can work on our craft that it it invites and welcomes people from all walks of life, right? Right. To be able to that to me is the big thing, um, and I think that I think some of those kind of things can happen. But I do think that people need to step up and be like, okay, then how do we safeguard? Like, we don't have an HGAR or anything like that, but do we have some kind of group or committee or something? Mm. And, then, and this is what I talked to the studio about, but like, have like an advisory group of seasoned comedians yeah. that, that are in the pulse of the community, that then you know what is really going on. And this could be for anybody. This, this could be for, you know... Um, John Tobin presents or what have you. And I'll say with like John has been like great, great to me and, uh, and, and his staff is as well. Um, in fact, when I left the studio, they are the ones that reached out to me like, Hey, Oh man, I'm so sorry that didn't work out. Like they never not booked me when I got that job. They still booked me as much as they did. They were, they still, we talked, you know, um, openly about like oh how's the job going about that yeah. and then when i and then when i um left it you know they didn't pepper me with questions or anything they just sent i got personal te- like a text from many of them being like oh man i'm so sorry about that i think everyone's like, thank also, you i think everyone's kind of rooting for you though also oh, that's i think yeah. everyone would rather see kathy happy and doing well versus Kathy is happy and doing well okay. like, I, like, I was going to say versus I, the opposite listen, like, <laughs> I've had a really good year like the album just came out I'm like, super excited about that um, my daughter who just moved back she was in grad school and now she's back and she's like I'm going to start doing comedy again and no nothing makes me happier than that so that's been great I mean, my heart I'm a little happy there right which I guess is the thing of like to me that makes it even hit harder yeah and and why it hit so much at the studio is because i have daughters yeah that's right first my comedian and secondly i have daughters and like so it hit from both ends for me um with that and i always just think of like if i look at so many people in the community and like if they'll they're nervous or they'll, they'll come up to me or something i always think how would i want somebody to talk to my to my daughter and that's how i talk to them even if it's a boy, like, you know, like, I'm a kid, <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true, yeah. like g- giving the same kind of, you know, I don't know, respect. I think that's a huge word. And I was 
I'm going to pivot out and ask a question too about your daughters where you are a soft-spoken person as you were joking about before we started, Mm -hmm. but it's clear you have a hard line of morals and dignity. And if you don't respect me, then that's going to be not not a problem. Like (laughs) not in that sense, but like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So how did you, how do you still, because, you know, you're still a mom. How do you proper, like, how do you show that to your daughters that, yes, I'm a soft-spoken person, but that doesn't mean I'm weak. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I'm powerless. And I want you to see that just because a tone of voice is not, a higher decibel or whatever it doesn't make anyone less respectable or you know how do you how do you command that that room then where with this calm is it do you think that is is because it's calm everyone's kind of like oh fuck she's gonna yell at us in any second (laughs) well i think part of part of my thing is my face like my face just gives off this thing of and i always knew that you know like my jowls and stuff like i knew i've had that forever of like i just give off this thing of um that i'm mad or i'm standoffish Mm. and for years i just fought that like i always tried like i tried to Um, pretend to smile, what have you. Um, But then when I got into comedy and I just got comfortable with my skin, I was like, this is my face. And I try to use it in a way of like, you know, this helps me deliver Mm -hmm. my comedy. And this just is who I am. Um, My kids, like where I think comedy has helped me tremendously in parenting is that I never hid anything from them. Like when I was nervous to go Mm. into an open mic, when I decided not to go into an open mic, um, when a show didn't go well, when I have cried in my car, you know. um, We've all been there. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, It's one thing to say to them like, well, you should just try it. You know, you never know. And like, don't worry about it. Things will be better tomorrow. Instead being like, um, I, I have never bombed that hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh, that didn't, or like, I'm so scared about doing the show or I'm so nervous about this. Or, yeah. I don't think it's going to work. Um, and then having them see it like that speaks more volumes than, than anything else. So it's almost like you're not afraid to be seen as a human by your children because I'm af- for, yeah, I'm not afraid to fail in front of them. I think as kids, you see your parents as these people that don't fail, as yeah. this super human, superman, superwoman, whatever, of just like, oh man, they mess up also? That's right. that's inconceivable. Right. So to just have that wall completely broken down of like, no, tonight sucked. <laughs> nobody, right. nobody laughed. Nobody... I feel very bad about myself. They even see do, they right. see that too, and that's okay to know. I was nervous even signing up for a class. Okay, it took me two weeks to press the button, like to order, like, <laughs> yeah. to put myself on there, and they knew that. So they have been there since the beginning, and they were young, impressionable young girls at that time. So for them to see that into where I am now, uh, I'm a very different person because. I'm more confident in myself, mm. but also like I take 
comedy seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, absolutely. Like, uh, this, all I wanted to do is get on a pre-book show. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. And so everything after that now is gravy. Everything. I feel the same way. Everything. All I wanted to do when I started this was, quote, make people happy. There you go. I could quit and I'm good. Right, right. <laughs> or like not get booked for a couple of weeks and still be like, ah, but I did that. Yeah. But I did that. Um, and, ju- you know, Jesse's back on the scene because she started, she took it at 17 and, and did some stuff. And then in college, she did it a little bit and she came back and opened for me for my album and stuff. That's- Awesome. Yeah, and so now she's back, and I had said to her the other day, "Here's the one thing you got to remember, Jess, is that um, nobody can take being a comedian away from you, except for you. Oh, that's it. You booked yeah. on some show, like you, you've got your five to seven, um, and you're booked on some shows, and you're doing this. That's it. This is what it is." At the same time where we don't have an HR, there's no one to quit to. Right. You know, we just have that anytime I've felt so angry and wanted to stop and someone has said like, are you going to quit? I immediately am like, no, I'm just mad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. 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 No, I'm not going to put my papers in yet. (laughs) Right. Right. I only had one time that I came home from like a, a benefit I was doing and I put too much into it because like it was for a cancer benefit and blah 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 and like that's close to my heart and I was really excited about it and it just didn't go well it's it was benefit like too, 300 though. people in like um a con- like in a banquet room and most of them were drunk by the time I got on and I went home I was so excited about doing it and when I got home um the next morning my family was like how'd it go I'm like this is the first time that I really feel like I want to quit <laughs> Like, what? I'm like, I just want to quit. How deep in were you, too, at the time? Um, I was really deep in because it, it was probably four years ago. And then two days later, it was my first or my second time at Nick's doing Ooh. a weekend. Yeah. And I, they looked worried. That was the first time that I was like, oh. Um, but I usually just give myself 27 hours. Oh, like, mom seems it. sad like, right now. No, no. That was like, that was, uh, nope. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Um, oh, man. But I usually give myself 27 hours after I, you know, bomb or whatever. Why 27? I don't know. It just felt better. Isn't that the, you know? isn't that the I movie? I sleep in. You know? like, sleep like, in. And then it's like, okay, now, now you're just going to let it go and go on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's true. Once you get a little bit of space between it, you're kind of like, all right, whatever. I was being dramatic. This is- I learned, You learn a lot yeah. from it. You learn a lot from it. Yes. I remember doing, um, oh, I did that funniest person in Massachusetts thing. Oh, contest, I mean, contests are, they're going to make I you feel really so bad head. about yourself. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's a great example of like, you are in your own way. Yeah. It was like the semifinals or something and like trying to think of like oh what am I going to be doing it's only five minutes and I just got in my head and I didn't make it through I went to my car and I cried and um and then the next day I was like okay well um the Boston Comedy Festival was the next month and I was like well there you go <laughs> and I was turning 50 and my family was like oh we want to do a we're going to do a 
party. Let's do a party for your 50th. I'm like, you can't. Because the finals for this Boston Comedy Festival are on... Um, that's my birthday weekend. And I'm going to be busy. I'm like, um, you don't know that. I'm no, like, I know. No, no, no. I'm going to be busy. That's awesome. And I went into it like that. And so by having that <laughs> crazy, awful thing, um, wonderful, awful thing happen. And then just focus. It gives you, yeah, it's, it's, you hope that whatever your passion may be, that when you fall short, that a fire gets lit to get back on the horse instead of to walk away. Absolutely. absolutely. And if you do want to walk away, that's okay. Walk right. away for a little bit. Right. That's fine. Don't, in the heat of the moment, though, don't make the decision, I'm right. done with this, I'm never doing it again, whatever. Because if it is your passion, in 12 hours, you're going to have to be like, well, Am I busy tonight or can right, I go figure right. the, can I like, find some time to do my passion? <laughs> I know it's a Saturday and you have the shakes. You're like, why am I on stage? Why am I on stage? Right, <laughs> right. But at the same time, like just pacing yourself too. I think a lot of people get into this thing about the hustle. Like, oh, I'm doing X, X, Y, and Z. And like, I'm doing all this stuff. It's like, but how, what are you doing at your craft? How are you feeling about it? Like, you know what I mean? Are you sacrificing yourself for this? Like, you know what I mean? Vienna by Billy Joel is kind of my slow down the little slow down you're doing fine is part of the song mm. you know like where's the fire what's the hurry about you can't be everything uh, I love you know that. like it's yeah. it's very much like don't drive yourself insane mm. because this is a long game <laughs> right or this is what you want to do right yeah. i mean to me the biggest the best part of comedy is chasing that joke you know that yeah. one that you're like, it's not there yet, but it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, I love tinkering, that. The, like, yeah, the, the science of it uh, all. There's yeah. no medicine, no pill that can replace walking around with that being like, it's going to be somewhere. Yeah. Um, all right, we've been over. Oh, we're we're like 110 right oh. now, so I'm going to do. It just goes by quick, right? It's fun. That went by quick. It's fun. Yeah. Um, classic question to end on before we do though. Uh, the name of the album, please. First, uh, have you seen this woman? Have you seen this woman? And is it on YouTube, it's on Spotify? Everything. It's on everything. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. When yeah. you, where'd you record it? Uh, at the Rockwell. <gasps> that room mm -hmm. is beautiful. It's awful for videotaping, but wonderful for audio taping. Yeah, like the sound of it is is great, and I, I yeah. love performing in there. You're right, the kind yeah. of it is a little. And now I'm on series XM. Yeah. I'm on pure and raw comedy, um, so I'm excited about that. They bought some of my stuff, so fuck yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, so I'm really excited. You and about Andrew Mayer, the serious homies. <laughs> yeah, listen, the whole thing was, you know, I wanted to do an album, one for my grandkids someday. Uh, that's why I didn't call it Laser Milf, and the other. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the name of the episode. Right. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> but also, because I just wanted like a lady in Nebraska to hear my stuff. Yeah. I just wanted that. But what if a lady in Nebraska identifies also as a laser milf? Probably. So a lot of ladies in Nebraska are laser milfs. <laughs> have you seen have you seen this laser milf? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Alright. Uh, what animal? If there were no societal or legal consequences, what animal are you most curious to try and eat? What would oh, you want to eat? What animal? Yeah. Hmm. Any animal in this in this made up world, there's no societal consequences, there's no legal consequences. You can pick whatever animal 
what are you curious the most about what they would taste like? It would be heavily seasoned though, right? Like, yeah, you could prepare it however you want. Oh, uh, okay. Um, this is going to sound weird because I'm a huge koala fan. Like I have koalas everywhere. Um, to the extent of like, I wonder what they taste like. I am now curious if koala meat would give you an STD. Probably, right? <laughs> Well, I don't they know. They are Maybe riddled the with illness. Yeah, yeah. Chlamydia, right? <laughs> Chlamydia, yeah, yeah, I think so. That's the one. Yeah, but so, they're so cute. They are adorable. <laughs> Isn't that weird how they're so But what does chlamydia cute? taste like? <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Ferris, have you seen this woman? Uh, thank you so much for hanging out. Thanks for this was me. so much fun. Thanks for, like we said, having an honest, open dialogue about you, some things going on, and. Uh, handle please Instagram um, Kathy Ferris Kathy Ferris, Ferris great I'll Ferris. link the album I'll link Instagram all thank that you, uh, thank anything you. coming up in Boston that you want to shout out and... um, I'm at the Rex Theater with Kelly she's doing a Christmas variety show fun. that's going to be super fun that is all Kelly, yeah. Kelly is so fucking funny yeah. uh, I've been so blessed she is to feature for that woman like she's a class. there's a couple of those like t- like her core like there's yeah. a, when people are like oh who's in boston i'm like oh there's people <laughs> don't worry there's yeah. some fucking killers uh all right so rex theater with kelly that's gonna be awesome kathy thank, thank you for you. hanging out pal follow dinner at your place follow kathy thanks so much guys love you bye, bye.